Gentlemen, we went over the rules in the dressing room. I want to caution you to keep this fight clean at all times, and what I say you must obey. Live from the WKOM studio in downtown Columbia, it's time to wake up and get woke. It's three dudes with a view. Let's get it all! And folks, three dudes with a view, Monday morning, cold, sunny Monday morning, right here in Columbia, Tennessee. There's a lot going on. If you uh, see a balloon hovering above your backyard, just do the old-fashioned Tennessee thing. Shoot that sucker down. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris, is still out driving the bus. Uh, dude number one, Mr. Jim York, are you here? He's coming in. I can, I can see him coming in. Regular special uh, guest, friend of the station, Scott Specky. How are you? Good morning, everybody. And regular special guest, dude, if she's here yet, is uh, Carrie Powers. Hello. Good morning. Happy good, Monday. Good morning. Congressman Tim Burchett, are you there? Okay. We expect uh, Congressman Tim Burchett from the Knoxville area to come in. But Scott, uh, oh, oh, there I, he I'm is. Here. Congressman I'm here. Burchett. I'm sorry. Good to have you. I'm Del Kennedy, Congressman Burchett, uh, and we welcome you. You represent your district is in and around. You're a Republican representing Tennessee in and around the Knoxville area, correct? That's correct. I have seven plus counties that I represent. Okay. Well, welcome to Middle Tennessee. <laughs> yes, sir. The uh, well, I spent I spent 16 years over there in the legislature, and my mama was from Cheatham County, and dad was from Clarksville, so I'm. I'm very well versed with Middle Tennessee. All right. Well, uh, Representative Scott Sapecki, Republican from Murray County, is on with us. He represents the city of Columbia and almost all of eastern Murray County. So he'd be a past colleague in the legislature. Good, good morning, Congressman. Hey, it's Tim. Good oh. talking to you, brother. You too. <laughs> Tim, tell us, Congressman Tim, so people, <coughs> you may not be as well known around here. Uh, tell us about your journey in life. What got you to where you are in the U.S. Congress today? Well, it's uh, my, my father was uh, uh, a World War II veteran. He enlisted over in Middle Tennessee um, uh, right after the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. My mom actually flew an airplane during the war. Her brother Roy was killed a few days after D-Day. And um, I tell you that all that because they, they came to UT, to uh, Knoxville, to go to school and um, – uh, they met at Austin P actually, and then during the war, and then Daddy went and fought the Japanese, and then he became a dean at UT, got on the school board, um, and uh, did some great things there, the old city school board, and um, I guess politics was just came natural to me, and um, I got involved. I had a little um, mulch recycling business. I got accused of taking toxic waste. I fought it. I lost the business, but. Um, I gained a lot of people's respect. I knocked after that. I told, I always tell the kids that I, instead of sitting on some bar stool and feeling sorry for myself, I went and knocked on doors and ran for office and was elected to the state house in 1994. Um, I was a 90, I see 99 house races that year. I was the only person to beat an incumbent in a primary. So it was kind of an upset. And then um, I spent four years in the state house and then I um, ran for the state senate. We won that. I was there twelve years. 
and then I was county Knox County Mayor for eight years, and then uh, I took a shot at running for Congress, and and here I am. There you go. Five years later. Five years later. That's my whole life right there. There you go, Congressman Tim Burchett. Now you are a Republican. Uh, how, in terms of on the spectrum of progressive to conservative, where would you describe yourself? I would say the tip of conservatism, pretty much. As far, I mean, I'm more of a libertarian. Um, I think you know my fist is my responsibility till it touches your nose. But I think if you look at all my scores, it's in the 90s as far as fiscal responsibility. I think that we've um, that's that in China are going to be our biggest adversaries. I think that balloon proved it this weekend. But we um, we just can't spend money fast enough. You know, we've spent a hundred billion dollars on Ukraine. Um, and we just, they say we, it's not enough. And, you know, we're going to, I'm pretty sure we'll be sending our airplanes over there pretty soon. And we couldn't find four billion to spend on, um, on our wall between, uh, or the, um, the fence between us and Mexico. So we, I think our priorities are way out of whack in this country. And, and fiscally, um, I think that's, you know, all the other fights will live to fight another day. But if we're, we don't get our fiscal ship in order, we will be sunk. All right. Now you are on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. Um, but what what insight could you give us on this balloon, this Chinese balloon that came over was shut well, down first, this weekend? First of all, it, it was a total flop on our part. Um, we saw it before it actually was off the coast of Alaska, I believe. Everybody says it hit Alaska and then it came over America. Well, <laughs> I hate to inform people, but Alaska is America. Yes, it is. Um, we have mil- military installations there. And um, of course, but it, it went over Montana, where we have some very, very to, uh, top secret installations. We allowed it to go right over the top of those, and um, and go all the way over our country, of course. And then we allegedly shot it out of the sky because for safety reasons. And and when it was over Montana, one of the least populated states in the union, we would have been an easy target because, of course, it's the size of two school buses the balloon was and with a low population it's just a um it's just it would have been perfect and of course when they drop it into the ocean in the salt water that i'm pretty sure will uh anything that was on that that we it, we probably lost a lot of it and and the chinese had already gathered all that information so um and, and to the, the chinese they're playing chess and we're playing checkers. They're watching our response on everything. They watch that. That's really what you, Ukraine is all about for them. Just watching our supply chain, watching our, how we react, our political posturing and everything else. Um, and I believe we, we completely failed on this. I, they, I know we failed because they, um, sent mayor Pete Buttigieg out on the, the, the talking circuit this weekend. And, um, <clears throat> to defend the White House on this thing. You know, you had li- people like Leon Panetta. Um, I'm in Congress with his son. He's a he's a very well-liked Democrat. He headed up the CIA under Obama, and it was Obama's chief of staff for a while. He even said that we should have shot it down sooner, that it was just, uh, he said, I think that was a calculated mistake. And um, and so we're, that's that's where we're at. You know, we've got, we, we, we lack strong leadership you can say what you want to about trump but and they're saying now that it flew over but everybody involved in that pompeo uh trump everyone says that is a complete lie there were no there weren't three and if there were 
military didn't tell us about it. So um, I, I just think this whole thing is a, is a calculated deal, and you've got um, you've got our general who um, who I think has a more than friendly relationship with China. He um, he crossed that line, I believe, during the end of the Trump administration, which I thought was highly irregular. Are you talking um, about General we, we, Miley? Millie. Yeah, Millie, yeah, Millie. yeah, yeah, Millie. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that's a um, that's a problem. We've got a real problem in, in the White House right now, and um, we better take it serious because this thing. If they would have had a they'd had a small nuke, I mean, you know, it's it's James Bond kind of stuff in our upper atmosphere. There's the theory is that it would it could have wiped out our entire electronic system grid. That includes automobiles. Um, of course, some of mine wouldn't be because I've still got points and condensers, but everybody else has electronic. <laughs> I might be in there with you. <laughs> yeah, everybody else has electronic ignition, but you'd still have to pump gas to them and the electronics there. Uh, um, um, we've just we've got a real problem. And um, <clears throat> I think it's it starts at the top. You know, last last year um you didn't ask me this but i'm gonna give it to you last okay. last year before the state of the union address i'm friendly with a lot of democrats and you know we work all work out together in the gym and i'm in a bipartisan prayer group but in the in the gym i heard some of them talking and they were doing an over under on how long they thought biden would speak and how long his medicine would hold up and if you <laughs> and 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 I did, and I was on the floor. I was because well, of COVID, they didn't let anybody in. But at the end, they all get, get all the Democrats gathered in the well and hugged each other without their mask on after the cameras were off. I thought that was kind of odd, but um, <laughs> not. But I, but but yeah, I don't know. You can say what you want to about it, but anyway. And they were all they were doing an over under on how long it would take him to speak. And they figured, and one of the guys said, "Well, I was one of them said something about it. I was told he could only go an hour before it really." drifted off and if you noticed he talked right through all the p- applause and everything else um you know we, we got a real problem in the white house folks I, I kid you not it's not a it's not a joke it's not a laughing matter it is a real problem and when you have president of the united states who told general milley to shoot that thing down and milley said in fact no we're not going to we're going to wait till it gets out over the ocean i just thought that was uh that was that that should send that that, that that should send a message that who's really running this show and who is not running this show. There you go. Well, Congressman Tim Burchett, what, uh, you know, we started this conversation about China and the balloon. Uh, how much, I mean, how, how real perhaps is the threat of actual conflict between China and the United States? I feel like it's... Um, it's 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 a fair it's a fair assumption you know you have you have to realize that china actually had talked about in their highest parts of leadership they were going to test nuclear weapons on their own people they have no and this covid thing is 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 another example i know that of the years before anybody comes out with with or with what really happened but but they unleashed something on their own people that um you know historically is is should be marked because they they have very little very little concern for their own folks i was i was told early on i was i was a young legislator a young congressman younger i guess i've only been there five years but i was talking to someone in the know and they said you know 
the problem that China has is that people are living too long. And I said, really? And they said, yeah. And then they, then they went on to talk about COVID, which I had no, I was, it was early on. And this person was in a position to know um, more about what was going on and how Wuhan and the Wuhan province. And that's where their, um, their biological warfare uh, Institute is and, and other things. And now you've, you come to find out that our involvement with that and their involvement with that is just it's beyond belief and we've gotta um we've gotta address there's some real evil in this world and and this bunch does not care if they lose a million people and they're they're gonna move on Taiwan eventually and and the leaders and we're just showing right now what we will do and what we won't do. And as I made the statement on the House floor to some of my colleagues, some of my Democrats who were frothing at them and Republicans too, who are frothing at the mouth over the, the leader of Ukraine. And he's a brave guy, but I said, are y'all going to be doing this? Y'all going to be cheering this like this when we bring the head of Taiwan in here after the Chinese move on them. And, you know, and they all kind of looked at me like, you know, you're crazy. And that's exactly what we've got right now. We've got a complete infiltration and I go back to the Chinese. It is a it's a major issue. You know, you got everybody knows about Schwal and Fang Fang and all that. And and we had a Chinese spy um, driving around a U.S. senator for about fifteen years, I believe. <laughs> yeah. And 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 there's uh, Pompeo. I had um, his former Secretary of State. I had breakfast with him. It's been almost a year ago, but I remember him saying, you know, they know how many paper clips go into the. Uh, in, into uh, these buildings, you know, and uh, and they know they're just they're just keeping track of everything, and they know our weaknesses, and they know what's what's happening. I mean, I'm sure they when they see um, some of our military men and and leaders in, in Washington, men wearing dresses and and uh, getting caught stealing out of airports, people that are, have nuclear secrets and have nuclear clearances. I'm, I'm sure they they are very much taking note of things like that, and they, you know, you have a president whose son is is a huge liability, and you've got a basically a a crime family that's, and I'm sure I'm sure President Biden's a nice enough fellow, but there's some real criminal activity going on up there, and we've got to we've got to we got to put a stop to it, and and I don't know what the answer is because if. If he's removed from office, the vice president is so much worse. And um, yeah, um, you've got a point there. Um, and so I, I tell people, just pray for our country. It's not a good. It's not a good time right now for our country. Yes, Congressman Tim Burchett from East Tennessee, Republican from East Tennessee. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in a couple three minutes, and hope you can stick with us. I will. Thank you.
ownership first for new or pre-owned cars, trucks, and SUVs. Parks Motor Sales. At Parks, professional sales staff makes shopping easy. Buick and GMC Financing can put you in the vehicle you want. And certified technicians keep vehicles running great. Experience the new Buick at Parks Motor Sales. Go online to parksmotorsales.com. Find your favorite vehicle. Then stop by Parks at 919 Nashville Highway for a test drive. Parks GMC. We are professional grade. Hello, I'm Barbara Lincoln with Holland's Pharmacy. You may have heard our previous commercials about compression hosiery that we carry at Holland's Pharmacy. Well, we've recently expanded into a full line of knee braces, back, wrist, ankle, and other support wear. We will gladly help you get just the right fit for these items and, of course, special order items to ensure the proper fit. Come see us at Holland's Pharmacy, 1608 Hatcher Lane, or call us at 931-388-4233. 388-4233. Hi, I'm Steve, the Garbage Man. Are you new to Murray County? We want to welcome you and your family. We are a local residential garbage service, and we want to be your garbage man. We've been around for over 30 years, so we have a reputation. Check us out at garbagemaninc.com or call Mike at 931-540-0919. You could also ask your neighbor. 931-540-0919. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning is built to a higher standard so you can focus on the problems in your life that actually matter, like the drywall that somehow isn't. American Standard Heating and Air Conditioning, built to a higher standard. Call Davis Heating and Cooling at 931-388-2090. Davis Heating and Cooling is your local American Standard dealer and proudly serves the Murray County area. Find Davis Heating and Cooling online and on Facebook or call today, 388-2090. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. Hello, my name is Connor Mims. My wife Bradley and I live in Columbia, Tennessee in Riverside. I am a deck and porch builder and my wife is a second grade teacher at Riverside Elementary. My specialty is designing and building elegant and comfortable porches and decks. Let me work with you to design and build the porch or deck of your dreams. Give us a call today from our website, MimsModernLandscape.com. That's MimsModernLandscape.com and check out what we have to offer. Thanks. I am Jack Blackstone. And I'm Emery Blackstone. Together, we are Greenway Tech Repair. Tired of slow computers, cracked phone screens, and fancy home electronics you don't know how to use? We can help. We provide local on-site services as well as remote troubleshooting for any job, no matter how large or small, from computers and laptops to mobile devices and home electronics. We Blackstone Brothers are eager to serve our community. Find us on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. That's on Facebook at Greenway Tech Repair or by phone at 931-388-2691. Hello, this is John McEwen with McEwen Group Real Estate, located at 17A Public Square in beautiful downtown Columbia. Our family has over 40 years' experience selling farms, residential, recreational, and all types of real estate here in Middle Tennessee. Check us out online at McEwenGroup.com or on Facebook and Instagram at McEwen Group, or give me a call today at 931-628-1749. 
McEwen Group. Land is your legacy. party here today uh folks now you know tennesseans know what to do about these kind of things if you see a balloon hovering over your backyard shoot that sucker down (laughs) (laughs) figure out what it is and who's in it later (laughs) my name is del kennedy i am dude number three dude number two clayton harris how you doing i'm doing well del good morning everybody dude number one mr jim york has still not come in i just hope mr york's well and uh we'll check on him after the show Regular special guest, dude, Carrie Powers. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Happy Monday. And friend of the station, uh, Representative Scott Specky, who's nice enough to come in every Monday and let us know what's going on in the legislature when it's in session. Welcome, Scott. Good morning. Good morning. And we have a special guest today, Congressman Tim Burchett, who is a Republican from East Tennessee. Good morning to Congressman Tim. How you doing? Hey, I'm great. Now, I guess I should say a special shout out to scott you know these these state legislators they do a heck of a lot of work they do all the heavy lifting and um congress we get the big fat paycheck and um and but honestly i spent 16 years where he's at and that's a it is a full-time gig it's not you don't get a break i don't care if you're in the bathroom at church somebody's asking you to do something um or you're in the parking lot at, at you know tractor supply or wherever else somebody's always stopping you and saying that they need something and that that is the he is doing the lord's work there you go i, I agree congressman tim i do agree uh and we enjoy having scott uh, around here pretty frequently and uh never get tired of seeing him uh well now tell me this uh you you're you're present here in middle tennessee today do you have an interest in exploring a, a statewide office of some type? Well, of course, anybody at, at my level always, I mean, everybody in, in the gym, all those guys, they, they think they're going to be the next president. You know, I, I enjoy being, um, I enjoy being a congressman. And if that door opened, I would sure look at it. But currently right now, every statewide office is, is filled. And, um, and so, but, but you know, it, it things happen, things change, and if, if that opportunity were, were to avail itself, I wouldn't. I, I would very much look at it. I, um, uh, somebody asked me the other day of talking to me about running for governor, and I said, "Well, Fred Thompson told me one time when I was talk, trying to talk him into running for president, he said uh, to be president, Tim, you got to want to be president." And I, and honestly, I don't want to be governor. I spent 16 years in Nashville, and um, I've got. I've got a wife and a daughter now, my little girl. Um, she writes, she does this barrel racing, and she's got her little community. And, and besides, I think it probably cost a heck of a lot more to board a horse over in Middle Tennessee than it would in, in beautiful Knoxville. So There you go. Okay. Now, you are also on the House Oversight Committee. That's gotten a lot of attention uh, since the yeah. Republicans uh, uh, took the House. Uh, what do you see going on there? Well, a whole lot. Um, I'm, I was not looking to be on oversight. It's um, it's kind of a prestigious com- uh, committee, and um, Kevin McCarthy called me, and I was 
I looked down and said, oh, it's Kevin McCarthy. I go, oh, wait, he's Speaker of the House. It was kind of historic. And I was like, I said, hey, Speaker, what's up? And he said, and he, he asked me if I'd be interested in serving on that committee. And I, I told him, I, I said, let me think about it. I want to pray about it because, um, you know, I needed to stay. Um, I, I like the, the other committees I'm on. Transportation is vitally important to Tennessee um, with um, on that committee, transportation and infrastructure and foreign affairs. And both of those are very important. And, and he said, well, we could we can work it out and you can be on three because hardly anybody's on three committees. Most of them don't want it. A lot of people just want to be on one committee and do their thing. But I, three committees to me is a good thing. I, I, it's a lot of work. Oversight, we were dealing last week with the um, billions with a B of dollars of fraud and abuse on the COVID money. A lot of it went overseas. Um, mobsters got a hold of it. Um we uh we know that human traffickers got involved with it um drug the drug cartels as well and literally almost half that money is is we think might have been misused and so we it does seem like every time i talk to anybody in government local state whatever they got some covid money to do something with yeah i would warn them build a firehouse maybe yeah i would say do what you you better follow the rules with it or you'll you'll end up in a striped suit um also um you know we're of course we're going to deal with every issue that's on the news right now and and of course i'm sure we'll we'll deal with the balloon eventually and and all that but it's a very fast moving committee um comer he's out of kentucky he was uh, he's the chair of it and um and jim jordan's on there as well so it's it, you just like to fuse brother i mean it is going to be a hot committee and everybody you know it's funny i was i told my staff they're like boss we really need to get i said no let's just let it let, let's just let's just ease along here there's going to be plenty to chew on with this thing because this is this is just an ongoing thing you know we're going to get into of course the president's son and the laptop and and his involvement with um foreign countries and and things like that and um you know it, it's really it's sometimes it gets kind of frustrating because you got one side hitting and the other side deflecting you know and it's just and it just doesn't seem at any point that anybody's going to come to any uh conclusion with any of this stuff sorry I was, that was charlie one of my dogs and buzz they're they're feeling on hush, hush. He, wants, he wants some love. Come here, Charlie. Come here, buddy. I'm sorry. I'll give, I'll give him some air time if he'll come up here. He's a good looking dog. Come here, buddy. Come here. Yeah, he ran off. <laughs> anyway, um uh it's 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 um it's sort of like that with my dogs, you know. It's just I told Comer, I said, Man, you're gonna have to you're gonna be hurting this bunch. It's gonna be tough. And he's like, Yeah, I know it. And it's uh, it's a huge committee and it's got a lot of responsibilities because Anything that there was any abuse of in government uh, will be covered in that, and that's if you can imagine that. That's just everything. Yeah, that any, that, that puts a lot out there, does it? I tell you yeah. what. Now, uh, I there's, there's, oh wait a minute! Oh no, who's on. that? I'm getting a, somebody's calling me in here. Let me uh, 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 send a voicemail. There we go. Sorry about that. Oh, there a, we go. There right, we go. There's Charlie. There you go. Hey, Charlie. He yeah, buddy. He like he gets him a little press, and he's gone. There he goes. Anyway, but it, it's going to be um, it'll be nonstop. It will be nonstop. And then uh, your committee on transportation and infrastructure, particularly as it might pertain to Tennessee, what's what's going on there? Well, of course, uh, barge traffic. You don't think about it a lot, but it's a uh, it's not real sexy, but it, it it sure is a lot of our commerce. And of course, 
East Tennessee, we've got 40 and 75 run through here. And um, there's some talk of, um, of, of more rail um, hauling people. But um, currently, most of our rail, of course, hauls, hauls products. Right, and that's a, right. And, and the trucking industry is huge for Tennessee. And so we've got we've got our hands full. And infrastructure, too, I, I, I throw um, in that um, uh, technology is uh, is a, a large part of the infrastructure package now and unfortunately the, the infrastructure bill that we passed only about 15 percent of it would be listed as traditional infrastructure the rest was um, unfortunately about 85 percent was a lot of woke garbage that we really don't need and um you know with, with the amount of money that tr- 1.2 trillion or whatever we spent on that package we could have fixed every road and every bridge in this country and that's yeah. a, that's a shame. We passed that opportunity up. You know, the bill we spent sixteen hours in what they call markup, and and Scott, that's just basically in, in a committee in the House or the Senate. They would it, it would just be going over the bill. You know, mm-hmm. we just amend it, and and the final bill would go, and uh, and they call that markup. Everybody has everything has a different name in Washington, and uh, and so that bill after we spent sixteen hours on it, if you can believe that. It went to the Speaker's office, and Speaker Pelosi met with lobbyists, and they rewrote the entire bill without congressional input. And then that bill was sent to the floor. It was several thousand pages. I think it was, it was over, well, I'm sorry, it was over a thousand pages. It seemed like 1,600 pages. We had a few hours to read it, and it was, and due to the, the rule change, we were not allowed to amend it on the floor, if you can believe that. And so that bill is what ended up passing. And to this day, a lot of people aren't really sure what was in it, and uh, and I'm 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 very I'm very concerned about that, and I don't like that kind of uh, deal. You know, in Tennessee, we um, we caught a lot of grief in the, in the in Congress over that 15 votes for Speaker, but what we ended up getting was was a, um, a rules package that very much mirrored about 85 percent of it mirrored the state of Tennessee. And um, and Kevin McCarthy put those things in there: transparency, um, people having a seat at the table, being able to amend a bill on the floor, being able to literally discuss and debate bills on the floor of the House of Representatives instead of just a rubber stamp is what we've had in the last four years. Yeah, there's a model and, for what Pelosi did. It's called <laughs> Communist China. Well, she, um, yeah, and they get they're they're very good with the carrot and the stick. You know, if you don't, they'll reward you with. And you wonder why they all vote. Like this past week, I mean, you had folks vote against their conscience. I mean, against what they said they were going to do. And the reason they do that is because they they circle the wagons and they threaten them and they tell them and then they reward them. They they will reward them. And then if they don't, they give them the stick. And that's that's exactly how they operate. Wow. Congressman Tim Burchett. Um, Congressman, we're going to... We'd love for you to. First of all, has anybody got any questions? Uh, Clayton, Carrie, uh, Scott, anybody got any questions for the congressman? Nobody. Okay. Uh, well, Congressman, we love for you to stick with us. We are going to go on now and let uh, Scott give his weekly legislative report, and uh, love to have you participate in that conversation. But I understand you may have. 
you know, things. I actually, I have a flight to catch to DC, believe it or not. And I apologize, but I would love to come back on and Scott, I'll be in in Nashville in a week or so. And I'd love to see you brother. If you're down there, we look forward to seeing you when you come in. And now tell me before you you go though, how see behind you looks like a rifle and a shotgun. Uh, Well, those are actually three rifles. Um, those are Japanese rifles. My dad liberated. Um, that's what he would say. He'd throw up the air quotes and say liberated. You can't see it, but this one right here is um, it's it has a um, um, file marks right there. And uh, he got this one. I can tell you, this one was off of Okinawa because when they got these, the um, the others he took off. Person he took off was still warm. <laughs> I guess I should say he was uh, in combat in the Marine Corps in the Pacific. And the um, it's the, there's what's called the chrysanthemum. It's the sign of the emperor. It's kind of interesting. And they they ground those off after the surrender. And Dad got this one on Okinawa because he was on Okinawa when the Japanese surrendered. He was on the invasion of Peleliu and Okinawa. And the other one, I, I have two more, but the other one, one of them has the chrysanthemum on it, and it has a um, and he. He took that off of him before that they, uh, before they were allowed to surrender. I guess you could say. And he was um, he brought back some pretty cool souvenirs, but those are three that he brought back that were um, have some real cool history. Ooh, and, those are the toughest battles probably anywhere in World War Two. It's amazing. They sure were. Himself, they sure amazing, were. Amazing. He, was, he brought he himself was, back. Yeah, he was quite a. My dad was a hero. My mama was a hero, and um, uh, she. Like I said, she flew an airplane during the war. She lost a brother fighting the Nazis. And she's from Cheatham County. Didn't even have electricity until she's a senior in high school. So, um, and I'm a United States congressman. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us are familiar with that type of story. <laughs> I'm sure you are. But yeah. I live the American dream. Yep, yep. It's 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 a part of who we are. Congressman yes, Tim Burchett, it's a pleasure to have you with us. I uh, hope to see you again soon. Drop by and see us anytime. Please have me on anytime, brother. Anytime something's going on, and I'll be glad to fill up all your time. And I apologize. Um, Carrie didn't even get to say a word over there. I've taken it all in. I loved it. I mean, I, I make stand. Be bold. I loved it. Yes, ma'am. Well, thank you. Thank right. you all. Thank, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. See, see you next, in a couple of weeks, brother. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. We're going to take a break. This is Barry Duke, and you're listening to 101.7 WKOM Columbia. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. We know that Jeep owners are one of a kind. Choose from our huge inventory or build your own one-of-a-kind Jeep from the ground up. Stop by today and one of our product specialists will help you customize the Jeep you want. Wrangler, Grand Cherokee, and Grand Wagoneer in the perfect color. Gotta have them options, powertrain, and more. And now, take advantage of the Jeep Wave program. More free maintenance at no additional cost. Columbia Chrysler Dodge Jeep Ram, you can count on us. Online at ColumbiaCDJR.com. 
I received this beautiful ring, but it needs to be sized. Where should I go? Tillis Jewelry, of course. We will be happy to size your ring no matter where it was purchased. Each of our goldsmiths had over 30 years' experience. Tillis Jewelry's repair shop is in store and always on time. Stop by and let us give you a free estimate today. Tillis Jewelry, downtown Columbia and Lewisburg. Owned and operated by Rick, custom designer, and Terry, registered gemologist. Assuring you the best jewelry value and expert services. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole bar. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. Do you suffer from knee pain? Is it painful to walk or perform your day-to-day activities? If so, we have great news at the Dr. Gill Center. We can relieve your knee pain fast and easy with no downtime and no surgery. The FDA has approved a new non-surgical treatment for knee pain, and it's covered by most major insurance, including Medicare. This treatment has helped millions of people across the nation. Call today to see if you qualify for a free consultation and get back to a pain-free life. 615-551-9224. Kick off the new year with new home upgrades from Hiller. This month, when you buy something you need for your home, we'll give you something you want. For a limited time, when you purchase a new whole home generator, new tankless water heater, or select new HVAC systems, we'll give you a free 55-inch TV, free solo smokeless stove, or a free Nintendo Switch. Pick your prize when you upgrade essential systems for your home. Don't wait. Book online at happyhiller.com today. Call the happy face truck today. This is Dr. Mike Steele. Tune in to American Steele, a weekly discussion of topics and events related to the challenges in our world. Listen as we examine the path to relevance and truth in our society and culture. You can catch the show on 101.7 WKOM at 7 p.m. on Sundays. Also, we can be found online at WKOM Radio or on Twitter at WKOM WKRM. See you on Sunday. I got our favorite grocer on the line, Miles Johnson from Foodland. Miles, how are you today? Oh, I'm doing great. How are you? Doing fantastic. I know you got some hot deals out there, too. Oh, yeah. This week we have ground beef for two seventy nine a pound, sirloin tip roast, three ninety nine a pound, five-pound bag rusted potatoes, two ninety nine, and we have Sun Drop RC, 7-Up, and AEW, six-pack for three for 12. Wow, some great deals. And as always, uh, you're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., located right by the post office. Uh, you guys always have some great deals. If you need something, go in and ask somebody. They will help you. So, Miles, as always, you have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty. Thank you. Thank you, Miles. All right. That's Miles Johnson from Foodland, located right here on 427 West 7th Street, just down the road from the radio station. Uh, check them out. Like I said, they're open seven days a week, 7 a.m. till 9 p.m., and uh, they have a flyer located right inside the door. So if you're not sure what they got, so go check them out. Welcome back. Three days with a view. Monday edition. Sun shining. It's cold outside. My name is Del Kennedy. I am dude number three. Dude number two, Clayton Harris. How you doing? Doing well, Del. Good morning, everybody. 
And dude number one, Mr. Jim York, we still haven't been able to get in touch with him, which uh, we're trying to reach out and make sure he's okay. Uh, regular special guest dude, Carrie Powers, how are you? Excellent. Thank you. And friend of the station and frequent guest, State Representative Scott Specky. Good morning, Scott. Good morning, everybody. <laughs> All right, Scott. Let's uh, let's go. Let's take the legislative tour. The legislature is in full session. Things are happening. Uh, you know, the legislature what typically cranked up to full speed about two weeks ago, and it will keep going probably through May, June, something like that. Fourteen hundred, roughly fourteen hundred bills have been filed in the General Assembly this this year. Um, committees will hit full speed uh, this week, starting tomorrow. Uh, you'll see, you'll start to see calendars and bills running through. A couple of them did start last week. Uh, the House Bill Three from our own Chandler Anderson about protecting healthcare workers from assault that cleared the subcommittee. I, I ran that bill last week, cleared the subcommittee. It'll be in the full committee this week in criminal justice and hopefully on the finance, and then uh, we can get that eventually to the House floor to protect healthcare workers from assault. Uh, House Bill 7 is on the calendar for this week. That is increasing the stipend for teachers for their classroom materials from $200 to $500. Uh, hopefully that will clear committee subcommittee this week and be in finance in two weeks to discuss the fi- financial um, note on that one. So that's $500 per teacher to obtain art supplies. Classroom materials. Classroom materials. There we go. Uh, the bills that are, have been filed by Leader Lamberth and Leader Johnson about uh, the reappointment of the boards on the Titans, the Nissan Stadium, Bridgestone Arena, and the airport authority giving the General Assembly more oversight into those. That bill will probably be running here within the next week or so. And what that is, folks, is um, uh, there are many tax benefits. There are many incentives that we give those entities. You saw last year with the half a billion to the Titans uh, that some of us did not like. But we need to have some oversight into those into those boards to make sure that, that money is being spent correctly and intended for what it was. So uh, I would look for that bill to be run, and that bill will pass also. Okay, so the the state of Tennessee actually gave half a billion dollars toward a new stadium for the Titans. Is that, that, is, that is correct. We've also given money for the Predators. We've also given money to the airport. Uh, also given money to... Um, um, uh, what you're going to see is the city of Memphis is coming for $397 million this year f- to build a new soccer park down there like we did at uh, Geodis Park up here in Nashville for a new so- uh, soccer team and renovate Liberty Bowl Stadium so they can turn it over to the University of Memphis. $397 more million. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, when you open the floodgates with half a billion for the Titans, why not everybody else step up to the plate? I know what, I know what? Memphis uh politicians would be very legit with that money. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure of it. There's no yeah. problems. There's, there's a whole other subject. And the Fords and You will be eat. taking a drug test at the end of this, Gary. <laughs> <laughs> Full confidence. That's bad. I mean and, and the problem is and we argued this on the House floor last year. I was one of the twenty seven who voted against the Titans measure and we told them you do this, you're gonna open up the floodgates. And sure enough, here's $397 million coming. We've also heard from the Predators are looking for a renovation of Bridgestone Arena. And then the Sound Stadium is looking to increase to possibly recruit a Major League franchise here to Tennessee. I don't quite understand what the people, of t- taxpayers of Tennessee are getting out of this stuff. Uh, and not a reduction of your ticket prices, I'll tell you that much. 
No. All right, Scott. What else is going on though? Because we got you, we started you late. I That's apologize okay. for That's that. That's okay. Uh, the uh, uh, third grade retention bill that everybody's very concerned about right now. Very popular, folks. I can tell you this: it's being it's being misrepresented right now. I have had discussions with parents across the state of Tennessee, and what they're being told as to what the bill actually does is two different things. This bill's been around, folks, for two years. Now, th- th- this is not a proposal. This is where the confusion comes in, I think. This bill was actually passed two years ago. Two years ago. And everybody's had time to prepare for this. And now everybody's in a panic mood, panic mode. And what they're trying to do, I believe, is rile up the parents to call the legislators to repeal this law. Oh, there's no doubt. All and the have, parents are riled. Have yeah. you seen social media right. this weekend? And so, um, Good grief. Um, I've gotten some emails from some parents locally. And I've responded to them, and I've discussed what they've been told versus what the bill actually does. And when I tell them what the bill actually does, they are quite upset with their schools for misrepresenting the facts. And what the facts are, folks, is we've created nine different ways, nine different exceptions for a student to be promoted to the next grade. We've also, uh, in the last... That, That would be a third grade student... Uh, who might be retained. Correct. There are nine exceptions where by the student would not be retained. That is correct. We've also just added, the department has also just added at request of the General Assembly uh, members to, on the last benchmark, if your student tests in the 40th percentile or higher, they would be promoted also. 40th percentile or higher. It's a pretty low benchmark right there. Yeah, it is. Okay. Also, we're looking at if a student fails the TCAP test, but they pass the reading and comprehension part of it, that they would be promoted also. Okay. So what? And, and if you are destined for retention and you go to summer school and show improvement, that's all the bill says. It doesn't show a line you have to hit. You just have to show improvement and you agree to take a tutor for the following year, you can move on to fourth grade also. So that's not the way the bill's been be presented to the parents in, in Murray County. What, what are the mistruths that you've? Uh, what, what that what you are, have to pass that you have to pass the TCAP test? You're being retained, and that's not true. And I'm telling you, I'm a chairman of education. I know this bill because I was the one. Who, I was one of the members who helped write it to make sure that we put some exceptions into this thing for parents. And now, now here we sit, and we are. Uh, what's happened is the superintendents and the principals had to send letters out to parents, letting them know that your child is potentially going to be retained. Right. Well, now parents are getting these letters, letters saying what, and so they're having meetings. I think there's one in Kalioka tonight. Um, I can't make that because we have the state of the state address tonight from Governor Lee, so I have to be there for that. But um, you know, uh, please, if you have any questions, please call me. Call the office, 615-741-3005, or you can call my cell number at 615-945-2360, and I'll be happy to text you over the information from the Department of Education that your school systems have. They have in their possession that they can show you at these meetings that there are nine different ways for your student to be promoted. Plus, if they score a 40% or higher on the last benchmark, they can be promoted. Plus, if they agree to go to summer school, which is probably the benefit of the student, and take a tutor next year that's all provided free of charge from the state, your child can move on to the next grade level. You know, if I were a third grade parent, I would want to know if my child was performing poorly mm-hmm. and was a potential candidate for retention. I would like I would get immediately proactive in trying to uh, you know, do something for my child to 
to get the child to catch up rather than being upset that the child might have to spend another year in third grade. Well, this and we're looking at it at the long game here, Delk, okay? We've got to get these kids on grade level by third grade because if they don't, now four through whatever turns into reading to learn. And if you can't read, you can't learn. And so they're falling further and further behind where the middle school teachers are complaining that they're being evaluated on these students that, that come to them two and three grade levels behind. I can't, my own experience with children and grandchildren, you know, if they, if they get what they need in K through three after that, they're just on cruise control. And uh, Pretty much. Yeah, all right. What else you got in the legislature? Uh, also, um, um, House Bill 29 is a bill that I'm running. It was brought to me by someone local also. Um, it's an education bill. What it does is we have a problem with kids in remedial coursework. Currently, our four-year colleges and universities are not allowed to do remedial coursework for kids. They have to be referred to a community college, and they have to spend time in a community college getting their remedial coursework. Well, when that happens, the graduation rates of those kids plummet because they're not going to the school they want to go to. If they want to be a volunteer, they want to go to Knoxville. So what we're going to do is allow our four-year colleges and institutions that if they want to offer co-requisite remedial coursework, and what that means, folks, is if, you ever, if you've been to college, your freshman math is Math 101. If you are a kid that needs help, remedial work, you will take Math 101, which counts towards your degree, and you'll have a lab assigned to that, and the lab is the tutor to help you get caught up to speed. So if the kid wants to go to UT Knoxville or UT Martin or fill in the blank, that they can attend those colleges, take the coursework they want to move forward with their college education, and not have to go somewhere else where they don't want to go. Okay. What else? Uh, 17 bills with adoption and DCS services we talked about last week. Uh, 17 bills have been filed to help change the Department of Children's Services, make adoption more friendly in the state of Tennessee, and enhance foster care and and give it more flexibility. Um, We have got to figure out a way uh, to make our DCS uh, uh, departments work more efficiently for these children uh, who are in terrible situations to begin with open up more opportunities for foster care families, and our goal is to make Tennessee the most adoption-friendly state in the country, which means we are working on funding adoption. If you adopt a child in our foster care system, there'll be no charge, zero. Okay, there's been a lot of publicity about the problems at the Department of Children's Services, uh, foster children sleeping in homes, that kind of thing. Um, I I gather y'all are... What you're doing, reforms and more money, too. Yeah, it, it, it's a hard job. It's a very, very difficult job. I spent just one day over there, just one day, and it was so stressful of what these workers have to have to deal with, with these children, you know, these tragic, tragic uh, um, uh, environments these kids live in, and now they're showing up at DCS, and they're trying to get them the mental health help. There may be drug issues that they have to get resolved with them. There's educational issues they have to get resolved with them, and they're handling 20, 30, 40, 50 cases, and they just can't do it, and they burn out. Plus, with the pay, it's not competitive with, with the private sector. And so what Governor Lee wants to do to keep those people is to pay them more, limit the amount of work they're going to have to do so they can focus better on these children. 
because experience with DCS is very important with these workers because when you deal with these issues over and over and over again, you look for telltale signs of abuse. You look for telltale signs of drug abuse. And so it helps this with experience to keep these people employed. It makes our DCS function better because they're able to eliminate some of the red tape and go right to the problem. There we go. Scott, anything else on your list this week? No. Um, if you have any concerns, uh, let, let us know. Uh, you can call the office, like I said, at 615 615- Seven four one three zero zero five, and we'll be happy to answer your questions. If you would like the information sent to you from the Department of Education, so you can bring to your school meetings about retention, we'll be happy to uh, email or text that over to you. But all this information that I'm going to provide for you has already been readily available to our school systems. There we go, Clayton, Carrie. You got questions for Scott? Well, um, thanks for keeping us informed. Um, it's great information, but I think last time I heard you speak, you talked about how we were going to put more resources mm-hmm. younger, and I love that part because it's really where we're talking about giving the kids what they need, the teachers what they need to mm-hmm. teach the kids so the kids can learn, the kids then can be on grade level, and then they can go on to learn to be successful and then productive members of society. So there's a bill that's been filed by Leader Lambert. It's a, it's a governor's bill that takes the uh, supports for the children in three through seven, the summer school and the tutoring options, that's going to start now in kindergarten. And so in kindergarten, kids that come in that are behind, they'll have the option, parents will have the option to enroll their children in, in summer school and take a tutor in real time so that they can keep these kids on grade level or get them up to grade level with the goal of no child enters first grade unless they're prepared to do the work. That's the goal. If we're willing to hold them in third grade when they're two and two and three grade levels behind, let's hold them in kindergarten to make sure that one, they're on grade level ready to perform the rigors of first grade when they hit it. And number two, it just kids may need a little bit more seasoning to develop socially and emotionally and cognitively. And so, am I right that this bill includes a provision that in order to start kindergarten, the child has to either be seven years old or pass a test? That's another bill. That's another bill that's running. That's one I'm carrying, that you have to be seven years old to start kindergarten or pass a local assessment to show you're on grade level. So we're going to try to make sure that the kids have an opportunity to be able to to season in kindergarten to make sure that they're ready and prepared, or if they are ready and prepared, they can move on. To make essentially to move the hold up step back to kindergarten, where correct doing kindergarten twice is is not a big deal. My son did it. Um, well, it's it's before the kids know what retention means. Right, right. They're not used to moving forward. They're just going to spend an extra year. And and like I said, if you have a problem with the teacher, a, a district would probably just assign that that kindergarten student to a different teacher their second year. Yeah, there you go. It makes sense to me. All right, folks, we've had sort of a whirlwind here today. We'll be back tomorrow. Ron Hart Day. Uh, Scott Spicky, thank you as always. My pleasure. Tomorrow, folks.